congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. I can't buy no more. I can't buy no more. Army, for the second year, has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Welcome back to a, another episode of the Against All Enemies podcast. It's been a while. We got Austin, we got Kayla. Scott is out sick, uh, so I guess y'all are relying on me for Air Force coverage today. Austin, <laughs> you can take all the Navy, and we'll see what happens with that. But does anyone know? Uh, I thought maybe Scott was sick because he was sitting in traffic for hours leaving the. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the <laughs> yeah. He's he still still hasn't gotten home from the. Winter Classic, is yeah. that what you're saying? The, stadi- what a, or the yeah. stadium series, yeah. I mean. Stadium yeah. series, yeah, yeah. Man, what a nightmare. Yeah, man. What a disaster. Like, And it's funny because I was like reading, you know, I've read 80 times, I'm sure you guys do too, or Air Force, whatever. And it's so funny because they tried to put a spin on it, like Air Force hosts hockey game, sold out hockey game or whatever, like barely any mention of it. And it's just like ESPN was on the front page for a while yesterday. What a disaster. Yeah, it Really, and like, I have need, I have not seen a positive review, which is a disappointing end to all the work that goes into that. Because you know they work hard for it, and it's a fun yeah. thing. And oh man, people were wanting money back. People didn't get there until into the second period. Crazy. People were ditching their cars and walking an hour. No, I saw that to get there in between the second or after the second intermission. This local news like, story calls it. Uh, fans say it's the worst game experience ever. This. <laughs> <laughs> That's, tragic. I mean, that's just like super harsh. And so, I mean, it's not like we would have talked about this regardless, right? Like you have to talk about it. It, it happened. Um, but I don't know how you even like, what is the, de- like, what do you, how do you defend that? How do you spend that if you're Nathan Pine or whatever? Like, I don't know. Or you just own up to it and say like, but that's the thing too, was like, that's where the, and then maybe that's part of like first year still AD or whatever, or finishing up his first year and trying to figure out how you work with the, with the athletic department, with the, the school, right? Because I'm sure that was largely an athletic department function, but you also know like the coordination that has to go into ATFP and with the gate guards and all that sort of, that sort of stuff to coordinate logistics for an event on base like that. It's not just an, the athletic department, right? They, they're going to have to work with the the military as you know as a whole on base, and um, maybe that's the biggest lesson learned. I have no idea. I mean, I haven't heard anything from them as far as. Oh, yeah, I, I think. I what, think they've enjoyed the three-day weekend, and maybe we'll hear something tomorrow. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of their original yeah. art- articles were no comment from the NHL, no comment from the Avalanche or whatever, but I don't even know if anyone really reached out to the Air Force Academy yet. So, Yeah. And, I mean, they, but the, you know, they were pretty quick to say, yeah, no comment, but that it was all Air Force as far as coordinating the Academy, as far as coordinating logistics for the game and the traffic flow. And, like, some of these people were coming from – you know, hour and a half plus away, especially if you're coming from Denver and you're an Avalanche fan or even further away, like you're an Avalanche fan, but you live in Southern Colorado. And so you can easily make the drive to Colorado Springs. It's just, I mean, it sucks obviously for, for the fans. And once again, goes to show the downside of, of, or just the struggle, the challenge at Air Force with where they are, where the stadium is, how big that, you know, facility is that they have to kind of, you know, manage and makes me appreciate that much more 
not the job that Navy does. They do a great job, obviously, but just the fact that Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is off base. It's by itself, right? Yeah. Um, and not off some major highway or anything, really. Like, it's off 50 or whatever, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's you don't have those same and challenges. And if you had to walk downtown, it's not a long walk, you know, if you went to a restaurant or bar. Yeah. Like, not a bad spot. Yeah, and there's parking challenges there and stuff, too, uh, you know, sometimes. Sure. But nothing, I mean, you know, nothing like... Um, you know what it sounds like there was and anybody who's been to a football game there I mean I've only been as a mid twice so you kind of don't get the full experience because you're being bussed in or whatever but from what I've heard it's par for the course really Um, but you have to I don't know but then it's like you have to know like you have to know this is coming like obviously you've been planning this you get the chance to do this Navy put on an amazing stadium series right Um, last year or two years ago whenever it was Capitals and Maple Leafs game and you've known for a while this is happening like how I don't know and you know you know you have problems with this in the past this is where I wish Scott was here because I don't think he would defend the no I don't think so either you're right yeah (laughs) he'd be brutally honest I agree yeah but anyways so there's your I guess hockey um, (laughs) discussion for the day but yeah so I'll, I'll try and be there for Scott so um, I guess I want to pause on this. Let's talk basketball really quickly because if there is a team to be positive about or a school to be positive about this week, not overall for the season, but this week, it would be Air Force. Kayla, you did the the basketball roundup for us this week, so you probably have it freshest in your mind. Um, so Air Force had a pretty good week. Um, they're still sitting, I believe, ninth and tenth, ninth for the men, tenth for the women in the Mountain West. But um, they both teams desperately needed some wins, and both teams, you know, got got wins this week. Yeah, I was. Very, very pleased um, with Air Force basketball, uh, particularly the women's team uh, watching their game. We've said it as a whole. Uh, I mean, Service Academy basketball has been a bit of a lull. Uh, but both of these teams, after um, kind of coming off losses to Boise State earlier in the week um, up against San Jose, I mean, you had both teams getting high-scoring double digits, um, a, a number of players, like, really, really just being aggressive, getting those uh, – you know, free throws completed. So a lot of them are doing really well. Special, just kind of like shout out to on the women's team. So Riley Snyder and Kaylin Emmel, uh, both just awesome, awesome, awesome. So Snyder had 32 points, um, eight rebounds, and three assists. Emmel had 22 points, uh, four assists, and three rebounds. So a bunch of um, really just kind of dominating in the paint for them, especially kind of in the first half um, because that game was, if you had a chance to watch it, it was up until – uh, the last couple minute or so, uh, they won by one point, sixty-seven to sixty-six over San Jose. And then for the men's team, obviously, um, you know, Lavelle Scotty and Ryan Swan both combined for forty-four points, uh, scoring twenty-two points each. Uh, just did an awesome job. AJ Walker had a triple-double opportunity, just missed it, but he had nine assists, just alone, eleven rebounds, and ten points. And they were shooting 50, 55, I think, fifty-four, fifty-five percent from the field for the game. So. Um, just all around good job for Air Force basketball uh, coming off some not so great news in, in terms of hockey. Um, but like I said, I think this was definitely a win uh, for Service Academy basketball in general, but definitely for Air Force uh, basketball. Um, and so we'll see some other exciting games this week. Air Force women are going to be taking on Fresno State uh, Wednesday as well as the men and then Wyoming this afternoon uh, or this excuse me, Saturday afternoon. So, um, and Fresno State is, is at the top of the mountain most right now, so it'll be an interesting game. And after watching uh, the San Jose battle, you know, it's, I'm not going to say nothing is impossible uh, come Wednesday, so we'll see. 
Yeah, and this is, uh, and we'll get to Army and Navy in a second, but the Air Force is obviously uh, overall performing. I mean, everybody's not, everybody's, nobody's really doing amazing on any of the six teams, but they're sitting at the bottom, right? Um, but it's interesting because, like, the men, they score in bunches. Like, they're pretty actually pretty fun to watch, but they don't can't seem to stop anybody and just have been on a you know, pretty bad losing streak before getting the win. Now sitting ninth in the conference at, at I believe, 4-10. and 10. Um, But the women who are in 10th in the conference, also at 4-10, and 10, we were talking about this before we jumped on, that, you know, they just beat the third-best team in the conference in San Jose State, just like you talked about. That lost to Boise, who's the second-best team in the conference, was only by five. They have a win against San Diego State in their last. So they're, they're, they seem to be playing well. And even in their losses in conference, um, you mentioned Fresno State, which has not lost in conference all year. They're 15-0 and 0 and 22-4 and 4 on the year. They only lost by nine at Fresno, and they get Fresno at home this weekend. So um, this is a team that has a really bad record, 6-19, and 4-10 and 10 overall, but has played some pretty tight games for the most part, um, you know, in the last – 10 games, even though they lost the majority of them and had a pretty long losing streak going. Um, it, it, I don't know. They have, the, you know, what it takes, I think. Some good players, like you said. Same thing on the men's side. They just can't seem to put together. But we've talked about this before. Maybe it was the last episode, right? Like, Patriot League, I think, is a really good mid-major conference. But the Mountain West is, I think, at a, a different level in the mid-major spectrum for basketball. When you've got San Diego State's on the men's side, Fresno State's on the women's side, there's nothing like either of those teams um, in the Patriot League, and so it's just it, it, it's it's tough for them in that conference. But yeah, big big props to them um, on the Army and Navy side. Um, well, let's just go Navy first. <laughs> not not as much of a of a positive spin on this week as they've kind of fallen back in conference. They did get the win against Bucknell, which they swept Bucknell, mm-hmm. which I think is the first time in a long time, right, they swept Bucknell. So that is a positive, no doubt. Um, but then dropped a pretty – I think it was their worst loss in conference of the season to Boston um, on Saturday and have fallen back to like sixth, I believe, sixth or seventh, I think sixth in the conference. Um, so, Austin, your take on the Navy men um, at this point, kind of getting towards the end of Patriot League play, I mean – maybe even slightly overperforming if you look at the kind of the whole the whole deal in conference play sitting at 500 but sixth place i mean i'm not upset by that i don't think they're having a bad year by any stretch of the imagination no i would i would agree i mean middle of the pack would probably have been higher than expectations i don't i remember i don't remember what their preseason pick was but it was towards the bottom was it last or second to last someone yeah it was it was really low i want uh, second to last i believe it was either ninth or what comes to mind Um, but so, you know, you think, like, even if you make it to the semifinals of the Patriot League, then that's probably a pretty good year. So you put yourself, you know, where you don't have to match up with one or two, probably, if you can finish top six, uh, and maybe that happens. Um, Colgate and Buckne- or Colgate and Boston have definitely kind of separated themselves a little bit, and then three through seven is a little tight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they got. I think American Army got four games left, American Army this week. And those will be telling to see what seed they pull in the tournament. And if they can even go 500 in the next four, I think they got a shot to make the semifinals. And that's not a bad goal for a team that's really led by, well, John Carter and Cam Davis, right? So you got a junior and a sophomore. So, I mean, you don't have, you're going to miss the size of Evan Wick and the senior next year. But you're building off of the other two that are certainly your, your, your point scorers and uh, that's why I think it's it's an okay season. Expectations were not high, and they're middle of the pack. Like I think that's what you can ask for for 2020 uh, basketball season. 
I agree. Yeah, so looked it up ninth. Um, so we were right, ninth, second to last. So predicted ninth. Army, on the other hand, was predicted sixth. So they're kind of right where they were expected to be. We'll get to them in a second. You brought up the fact they play Army this weekend um, with the star on the line. They lost the Army in the first matchup. Tommy Funk kind of had his way um, in that game, but Cam Davis kept it close, hitting some big shots down down the stretch before they kind of gave way. Um, but it's crazy. So we'll talk the women because both on the Army and Navy women's Oof. side. Absolutely underperforming seasons. Um, we were talking a little bit before we came on. Navy women, y'all know, very close to my heart. I'm very close to that coaching staff. The seniors on that team were freshmen when I was their O-Rep. And so close with, with all of them, love them to death. Um, but when you can only dress eight players for a game, uh, it's just, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, it's just going to be tough to win. So they're sitting, you know, second to last because Army's sitting dead last in the conference. Yeah. Um, and just for two teams that – for about a 10-year stretch, we're at the top of the conference, trading kind of back and forth. Navy went on a three- or four-year run. Army went on a three- or four-year run. Navy had another great run where they were finishing, you know, second, basically back-to-back years, um, making it the conference championship game, going to the NIT, getting some wins. And then um, Navy's had a rough last couple seasons, and then Army after um, – after last year, after Madison Hoover and graduated, you know, completely fell off this year. And I mean, that's the bottom two teams in the Patriot League. Um, not really much to say there, but they do play each other this weekend, and the stars on the line. And the crazy—I mean, I saw this from Navy Athletics. Obviously, they're going to push it. If Navy wins two out of the three stars this weekend, wrestling is also taking on Army. Um, that one is more than likely, I think, going to go Army's way. I don't—I mean, it would take a pretty big performance from Navy to upset Army, and that Army is the 18th ranked team in the country, and has had a really strong wrestling season. But if Navy wins two out of the three um, events this weekend, they will have clinched the Star Series before the spring sports even hmm. get underway. That's crazy, right? I mean, I, I would hang my hat on that, considering like the, the entire the breadth of the season that they've had. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that would be a smart decision to make. But in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of sad to look at. <laughs> yeah, but it is, I mean, but 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 we know the Navy women can beat the Army women. That's uh, not going to be a fun game to watch, probably. But yeah, yeah, and the men. I mean, the men's game could be a toss up too. Um, yeah, would, but it's uh, just it's just a crazy. Army's game. probably favored in both the wrestling and men's basketball side, and you know, Navy women, I guess, are favored in that matchup. So, two two and one is possible for Navy, but one and two is probably where we are. One and two more than likely. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was crazy that that's even a possibility this weekend before we even get into spring competition. We, to have that man, we need up. we need baseball to matter. Need baseball. To yeah, matter. yeah. Well, that's the last one. It's probably not going to matter well, by the time we get to get to that. But uh, on the Army side, I don't know if you have anything else to add for the women. I mean, I, pretty much there's not. It's just been really, really rough um, for Dave McGarity and his squad. Um, but on the men's side, um, I would say a positive week for the Army men. They continue to, to hang in there after having such a rough start to Patriot League play. I think they were 0-4 to start Patriot League play or something like that, maybe even more than that, and then went on that run of like six straight wins, and now they're sitting at, I believe, 8-6 and six, um, in conference. So, yeah, Kaylee, you want to talk about Army men? Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of last time we spoke, like I said, Tommy Funk, just back at it again, uh, kind of the, the usual suspect in terms of high scores. Um, and, and what he's been doing as a senior as well as fellow captain with uh, Matt Wilson. I wasn't really surprised. Um, I think what they did great at this game is really converting um, those points off turnovers. I think kind of early on it, it was a little bit scary for me. I, I think kind of they dominated and kind of came back. Um, but I think it, it wasn't a surprise. I think kind of 
like I said, in the grand scheme of things, in comparison to the women's team, the men's team has been doing relatively well. I kind of expected them uh, to kind of perform. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, Tommy Funk, you know, seven rebounds, 26 total points, uh, nine for 12 field goals, and, and Matt Wilson doing his thing as well. So I, I think it's I think it's a good game, especially for these seniors to kind of end the season on uh, coming, you know, kind of towards, you know, weeks coming. Um, but this is the largest lead that they've they've had um, playing this last game this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see uh, this week's matchup. Yeah, and this is, you say, coming to an end. And I, get, you, I mean, you mean obviously the end of the regular season. But this is a team that, with Tommy Funk, just the way he's able to dish out assists now at the Patriot League all-time assist leader has been for several games now. Um, and just the way they kind of turned it around with that six-game winning streak. Dropped a couple, but then bounced back and have won two in a row now. They get a not very good Loyola team and Navy this week, who you would say, once, like Austin said, they're probably favored against. You know, you win both of those games, you're sitting at 10 and 6 um, with the worst team in the league, who is 2 and 12 in Holy Cross coming up after that. Um, and then you finish with the number one team. So if you, there's no reason to think they can't go on another winning streak and be at about a five game win streak right. at 12, 11 and 6. Um, when they face Colgate at the end, looking at a potential, you know, top four seed, um, top three seed in the tournament, um, or, or so. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're right where we kind of thought they would be right now. I guess they're, um, tied for fourth in the conference. They're predicted sixth, but Funk is leading the way. Matt Wilson was actually, I believe, Patriot League player of the week, I believe, um, this past week was, was just named. So, they're 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 looking good and uh, and have really rebounded from what was an absolutely dismal start to this you know the start to the season for them. So uh, we'll see what happens this weekend against Navy and and see what ha- you know which teams of these six can maybe make a, a run as we head into tournament play coming up. But let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to really quickly talk a little football and then after that, uh, we're going to move on to lacrosse because if basketball has been kind of somewhat depressing if you looked at it holistically from a service academy perspective this season um lacrosse could not have started better i mean just across the board it has been fantastic uh so we'll be right back to talk that all right welcome back um to the against the podcast and um so we just talked basketball and now we're gonna talk very briefly a little a little football um so you know, a couple of things going on, and honestly, mostly on the Navy side, um, right this second. Not that we know we have some Army players like Elijah Riley that are going to get a shot for sure um, come draft day, um, Air Force, Mo Fafita, you know, some others that are probably going to get a look too. Um, but I guess the two probably biggest things that, you know, right now from that front, since we're kind of waiting on spring ball to, to pick back up and we can look at, you know, look ahead to that. Uh, this weekend, XFL game two. I've watched both games of the Seattle Dragons. Austin, have you have you been able to catch Man. either or both games? So, well, the last two weekends we've had tournaments, so I've been. Uh, at one point, I was watching it on my phone, and some people came up to me like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "This is the XFL, man." That was the that was the defenders <laughs> and drag. I think that was the opening game, was it not? The opening game, defenders and dragons. So yeah. I was, that was probably I was half watching, but I've always been able to catch the highlights afterwards. So I did see the Keenan Reynolds because he got the first game. I think he got a was it a two point conversion? Maybe it was a one point. Conversion. Uh, I think it was, it was a, a one. one. But, Whatever it was, yeah. yeah. But, but no, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Got the got the touchdown, you know and. Yeah, I think he's looked. I mean, he's been targeted quite a bit, and some of them have. I feel like he maybe could have made a better play on the ball. Some of them just not. I mean, the underthrown and things like that that aren't his fault. But he's he's getting a healthy share of the targets. He's obviously 
um, one of the go-to, if not the go-to guy on the Dragons. Um, but he had had, not a rough, but I mean, just like he made a couple catches and, and was looking fine, but what um, was able to really get behind the defense, yeah. uh, make a, ran a great route, got under it, uh, and took it to the house, and then scored the next two-point conversion right after that um, on the next touchdown, the defensive touchdown. The guy basically caught it in the air in the end zone. <laughs> Uh, the really? defensive lineman, but Keenan got that two-point conversion. So he scored eight points, you know, on, on those two drives. <laughs> he might be working with one of the weakest quarterbacks in the XFL. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Dragons were predicted to be dead last, I believe, of the teams as far as win total in the, you know, Vegas odds. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he, it's not – but he, he continues to – to kind of show out a little bit, and it's fun to see because of the XFL, you get the cameras in the face automatically, like right afterwards. You get to hear oh, yeah. from him. I mean, it's he just, was gasping for cool. breath on interview as soon as he scored the touchdown. He was like, yeah. "How do you feel with that?" He's like, "Yeah, <gasps> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah." But it's it is just it's cool for some for for us who watched Keenan for four years. Obviously, huge fans. Wish him well. I believe if the XFL holds on, he's definitely got a place there. Yeah, they um, and they paid their play. They paid their players out. this week. Yeah, yeah. So we're about a week away from when the AAF folded. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, it, hopefully we hold out for the full season here, and we get to see some more Keenan. And then the you know on the other Navy quarterback turning wide receiver front, um, we kind of broke the news, I guess unofficially, but because the NFL had announced officially, but you know knew Malcolm Perry got in a combine invite, and so Malcolm's going to the combine. Obviously, had that touchdown run that Kayla um, posted about from the the Shrine game. Um, in his one carry there and um, from all accounts is, is making a, a smooth transition to wide receiver and so my question to you Austin is basically you know he's the only service cabinet player participating in the combine this year we that usually is one or zero a year you know is kind of what we look at um, but we know he's special we know he's different even Army and Air Force fans you know they don't want to see him anymore right Kayla you don't like you, you know Malcolm Perry is a good football player um, and he's got talent that can't be coached as Coach Ken would would say. So, Austin, I want to get your take on um, kind of what you're expecting from him at the Combine, what he needs to do to succeed. Does it really, for him, come down to the 40-yard dash um, and what he runs on that uh, as far as impacting his draft status? And, what I mean, what are you thinking as far as, as, far as the draft goes for Malcolm Perry? For me, it's... It's more than the 40-yard dash. The 40-yard dash, just that north to south is one thing, but his ability to just move laterally and, and get past defenders. I mean, he makes defenders look silly. Like, no, they, they, they yeah. have never seen someone cut that quickly with his feet. You know what I mean? Like, moving laterally. Yep. Uh, and that's that's the part that you cannot coach and you cannot teach. Uh, so I don't think his 40 time is going to blow people away. I'm hoping that he's able to you know run some crisp routes and be able to be seen... Uh, in his development process, and that's really what's going to sell him. I do think the combine will be good in terms of, and I think he'll do great in any type of interview or leadership interview. process. Yeah, and I think that'll that'll shine. Yeah. And at the end of the road, I see the the draft ceiling probably being something similar to what Keenan was experiencing in the late rounds. Uh, that someone's going to take a chance on him, and 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 from there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the Keenan thing helps or hurts him. I'm curious to see if that's going to impact anyone's decision at all, if they're going to lump the two together and, and try and do something from there. But but Malcolm is definitely mm. 
more of a playmaker where Keenan was probably more of a quarterback, if that makes sense, in terms of what Navy does in a triple option. I don't I don't know. Even when I say that out loud. No, no, I, I mean that I, no, I think that I think that makes perfect sense. Go ahead, Kayla. Oh, I was gonna say I think so I was looking up um I guess all of the combine participants on the NFL website and kind of looking on what kind of they view as his strengths and weaknesses because obviously he's listed right as a wide receiver. But I think it's interesting for us specifically because we've been watching and viewing him um, as a quarterback. And so, like, some of his weaknesses uh, that they list is built like a running back playing receiver, limited exposure to receiver snaps, below average short area suddenness as a slot, routes are leggy and show him through transitions. But on the other half of that – as you know undersized but a tough runner for short yardage option package has some slot receiver experience low center of gravity enhances change of direction so it's just interesting so um i'm excited to kind of see him uh as like i said listed as a wide receiver only because i think we've seen him as a quarterback and so you haven't the general like nfl combine audience i don't think is seeing his strength through that lens yeah, but the, the cool part is that, I mean, and not cool, I guess, for this for this portion of things, not for when it was happening, but we, we have seen him as more than just a quarterback playing for for Navy, right? So he does have exposure to more than just playing quarterback in the triple option from, you know, time playing slot back, um, you know, a couple seasons ago. But also to Austin's point about how the Keenan thing impacts him, I think it helps um, personally. Because I think that any scout is going to look at Malcolm Perry differently than they're looking at Keenan Reynolds from a talent perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what they bring to the table as far as, like you said, like more Keenan, more of the somewhat traditional option quarterback. Malcolm is just so elusive. Um, Keenan did not get a chance to go to the combine. Malcolm gets to go to the combine. That's not everything, obviously, but he is going to get a chance to show just how fast he is, just how quick he is. He's going to be able to catch balls um, outside of you know the small pro day that Navy will run. Um, and so I think that those things help, but I think what really helps is no one ever doubted or spoke negatively about Keenan off the, from an off the field perspective, right? Like it wasn't about any of that. It wasn't about effort. It wasn't about, you know, who he was. He was immediately a leader on the team on the Ravens. Um, he's done the same thing in the Seahawks, the, his, the other receivers in the receiving room talk glowingly about him. Doug Baldwin talks glowingly about Keenan Reynolds, um, from his time in Seattle on the practice squad for a couple of years. And so I think from that perspective, Coupled with Malcolm, like Austin said, is going to do well in an interview setting with teams. And when Keenan was drafted, um, there was uncertainty as far as whether or not he'd be able to play. Uh, you know, that, that, that decision didn't come till the day of graduation um, for him. So he'd already been drafted. Um, so my personal opinion is that he has a shot. I mean, I, I think you're right, Austin. I think like five or six round, fifth or sixth round is where you'll find him. But it, there is a chance that he moves up into maybe the fourth round or something like that, I think, based on those things. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't think his performance there is really going to do him a disservice because I think someone's still going to be willing to take a chance late. So if anything, it helps him maybe appear in the fourth round. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but it'll be interesting to follow. It's really cool to have you know a combine participant um, for the service academies that's not a long snapper. Like, no offense, Joe Cardona, but it's not a long snapper that's going to have a chance to, to potentially turn some heads. And then on the pro day thing, like, I just think that's cool. I think it's cool that you have a player that's going to draw um, probably scouts from a third, a half of the NFL teams or more that want to see him perform on the pro day that then allows other players to the, the, the desire the chance to at least give it a shot at the pro day and see what happens to have that 
that chance, right? And that only happens when you have a Malcolm Perry or somebody like that at these service academies. Normally it's, you know, half a dozen guys performing for less than half a dozen scouts type deal. So I think that's cool. Any other thoughts on Malcolm? Plenty, plenty of thoughts on Malcolm. I, I wouldn't talk. I want to talk about him for four more years. Can we do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it might be. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Might well, yeah. About on on, on that Sundays. <laughs> um, we'll see. So we're obviously wishing wishing him the best, and and be excited to watch um, come next a week from now or so, right? Uh, yeah, it's the twenty. His his combine performance. So that'll be cool. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, let's talk a little lacrosse. It has been as good as it could go, I think, so far for service academy lacrosse. I think everyone would agree with that, right? Yep. Is that a true statement? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start, really. Um, but I guess if I'm if I'm looking at this unbiased, and I wrote the lacrosse roundup this week and tried to do that, right? There is not a more uh, Sur- not surprising they were a good team last year but an impressive team that is moving up the ranks quickly than the army men's lacrosse team um they are now in the top Cooper. 10 I, be- <laughs> I believe seventh uh, by two of the polls and ninth by the inside lacrosse poll so they moved in the top 10 um, they have a obliterated opponents and not like like not me and austin going out there and trying to play lacrosse against these guys like top 20 opponents twice and I don't remember it now. I'd have to pull up the article, but like, it's like they've won like fifty-two to eleven as a total score differential or something like that. So, Austin, you said you concur. I'm sure Kaylee you do too. What are your guys' thoughts on Army men's lacrosse and their start to the season at three and up? I mean, beating UMass and Rutgers and the score differential. I mean, you already talked about it. Uh, but what is it? Brendan Nick turned seven goals, eleven assists, just leading it and just being a, a top of the class player. Like, I mean, he's just. Uh, dominating a fashion that's 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 not commonly seen against quality competition face like that uh so yeah without a doubt that's that's uh that's gonna be a scary matchup as a navy as a navy fan that's one i'm not even as well as navy's done the first two games of the year yeah i'm still intimidated by that one that's army's looking really good yeah i agree i also say like elite eight good type you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, no, and that, that it, you laugh like that sounds a little crazy, but it, I think it's legitimate, and we'll get to you know who they play this weekend in a second. Go ahead, Kayla. Well, I was gonna say like I agree, and specifically talking about Brendan Nickturn, like I've you know covering the team and watching um, them play so closely, he was somebody that I mentioned all the time, um, both in games and talking on the podcast of just kind of like a player to watch. Um, I think he's great when you know coming up and making points on those loose balls, which is what we saw. Uh, specifically in in the Rutgers team, um, which is a game I was watching really closely, uh, because the team does so well to see them though go three and zero and and really like outscoring op- opponents early on, um, because from the top, uh, I think it was like uh, they scored five in the first and six in the third, and so I mean they've been dominating um, kind of from the get go. So it'll be interesting to see them specifically uh, this upcoming game uh, because I think the kind of the Competition is only going to get even even stronger, um, specifically talking about the Syracuse game. So, yeah, I mean, he, he came. He's coming off a great year. He's only a sophomore, I believe. So, this ain't the end of seeing Brendan Nick turn. Um, and I'm with I'm with Austin. Like Navy has been has done great. N- nothing. They haven't played the level of competition as Army yet, but they've done nothing to um, make me think they're not going to have a great season. 
and I do not want to face Army. Um, you know, already three games into the season, it's just they're they're looking, um, you know, even better than the team that kind of came on and was able to capture the Patriot League in the tournament um, last year. And it's not just Nick Turn. Um, Sean O'Brien, who's a senior, has also got 12 points on the year, nine goals, three assists. And then their goalie, which they've pretty much used all five goalies that they have on the roster every game because they're just blowing opponents out, blowing top 20 opponents out, um, beating UMass 17 to four, and then Rutgers 15 to four. But Wyatt Schupler, their their goalie, I mean, overall they're they're they have a 113 shooting percentage, as other teams do on Army so far. Um, which is just it's just crazy. They're 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 playing great on all fronts. They're a great defensive team too. Clearly they haven't given up hardly any goals against these teams. And offensively, they're just scary. So they're they're dominating. Um, on the women's side, right? Uh, we haven't seen them play really the level of competition the same as the men, but same type thing. Like they're they're off to a great start. Um, 2 and 0 and Kaylee, you've been the biggest Jackie Bratton fan since you know <laughs> since the beginning. So yeah. she's coming off that All Patriot League um, year last year and picking her up right where she left off. Yeah, I, and I was gonna say I think it's exciting to watch her. And this is obviously um, a little bit of a younger team um, watching their game uh, kind of closely, specifically against Columbia. I think this is something uh, that I think that a lot of maybe if you're not into lacrosse specifically, because I wasn't until I started watching the Army women's team, that this is a team that you're going to be excited to kind of watch and see and develop. Um, I think both, you know, obviously Jackie and then watching Kelly specifically from the women's team. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, years down the line we can get up, you know, fingers crossed to um, a team that that's developed and, and that's successful early on. But um, I think this is something that you want to see. I mean, you know, it's only two games in, but I'll take it being at the top of the Patriot League standings right now. So. <laughs> Yeah, two and zero. Um, and the thing for Army is, we talked last year. They're only in their fifth year, but it is kind of getting to that point now. They're five years in, so you can't really say they're a brand new team now. Um, but but they're still only fifth year of D one play. It took them a little bit, but they made some incremental improvements. Last year, we were saying you got to get to the Patriot League tournament. That was the next step, right? Um, and they did that, and they beat Lehigh, and they they won a game in the Patriot League tournament. But then they got doubled up by Navy. And so this isn't to diminish anything that they've done so far this season. I think they're on their way to continuing to improve on that 14-5 and five year last year. But um, the Patriot League has been dominated by Loyola and Navy forever, right? Or yeah. since, you know, for Navy, since the Navy became a D1 team and Loyola joined the Patriot League. Um, and those are two top 15 teams again this year. They're looking really good. And so, you know, the, the thing is for Army, I believe, correct me if you think differently, Kayla, you know, is not the next step is to get into that top tier, to be that that third team um, in that top tier, and then obviously to do that consistently. But in order to do that, they have they need they need to get a win at some point against Navy or Loyola, um, and those teams are just really good. So even if that doesn't happen, doesn't mean it's a bad season for them or anything like that. But they're starting out great. But that would be, I think, you know, one of their biggest goals is to try and knock off one of those top two teams and get that kind of signature win. No, I'd agree, and I think in the preseason they were. Um, they're predicted to finish fourth. And so kind of talking, like you said, if that's if you're trying to stay, you know, at that kind of top half spot, that's definitely um, one of the teams that you're going to kind of take a stab at in, in terms of beating them uh, to keep ranked either at fourth or at third. Because I think that's, um, in my kind of eyes and what I've seen from the team do the past couple of years and knowing that they're kind of on the younger end of things, uh, a more reasonable kind of finish for them. But I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, impossible. 
Yeah, and so we'd say, like, obviously the Army men are dominating the headlines. Let's not forget about the women. They just haven't played quite the competition level yet, but, but the Army men have now moved into top 10, like I said, 7th and ninth in the polls, um, and they, they play Marist in the midweek, but they have a huge matchup, which is, I believe, not even on TV, which is just, just sad, like it should be, against Syracuse at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome on Saturday. Syracuse is the number five team in the country, also undefeated. Um, so either of you, what are you looking, looking at for this game? Uh, I don't, I don't personally expect army to win by 12 goals, you know, again, or something like that. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the question stands. Like, what are you, what are you expecting to see? Do you have any thoughts going into this game about the army men? Um, will it surprise you if they lose by, you know, four or five goals? Will it surprise you if they win by 10? I mean, what's the kind of feeling going into this? So I will say you can watch the game on ACC Network, which I just looked up. Oh, it is on ACC Network. Yeah, so obviously. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah, so um, for those of us that <laughs> when they started when they started ACC yeah, we'll Network, <laughs> you'll be able to tune in um, and watch that game. But honestly, I, I feel like what you want is kind of more of the same and just being able to capitalize. Um, I want you know you want to see them being aggressive in those uh, in those faceoffs um, specifically because like Steven Grabmer has been impeccable and in, in kind of this streak and keeping it going. What he's been having. Um, your typical people that you want to see, Brandon Ickturn and Miles Silva, being able to, to capitalize off of those loose balls um, and score. Um, like I said, I think this is being able to now, being able to watch it on TV, Syracuse is a top-ranked team. I don't specifically see them coming out um, from that game kind of with, you know, more than <laughs> more than five or, uh, five or six points in terms of, you know, if they do win it, I think that would be great to see, and that's what you kind of hope for. But I know Syracuse has kind of been at the top for a, for quite some time now, and it's a I think it's an away game as well, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's in the Carrier Dome, yeah. which is it's a big deal. I mean, I'll say it. I, that's the toughest. That's a, to me, that's the toughest place in the country to go play. Um, you know, as far as the atmosphere for a lacrosse game, if it's packed out, which I assume it will be now that it's a top ten matchup. Um, that's just a tough place to go play. So, Austin, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, looking forward to a great game. I mean, I, normally I would say, what do you have to lose against a team like that? You, you still are traveling to Syracuse, like you say, so that's that's going to be a challenge. But they've got big matchups coming up within the Patriot League, Lehigh, Loyola, even Navy, Bucknell. I mean, so this should be more of a stepping stone into where they want to finish in the Patriot League and maybe holding that top 10 position. So just keep the game competitive. Even if you lose on the road to Syracuse, I don't think people are going to hold that against you a month down the road as long as you take care of business against those other teams. So That's that's true. That's a good point. Um, and so, it'll be, yeah, I mean, it should be a good game to watch. Thanks for clarifying on the AC Network thing. That must have been a late edition. I checked that, I feel like, yesterday when I was writing that article. I think it's on it that, like, something. the extra. like <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, but we're, hopefully we'll be able to – get a peek at that because I'm definitely excited to see that on Sunday at one o'clock. Um, all right. So let's move to air force. Um, cause we feel like we haven't given air force any love other than to talk about how terrible their traffic flow is <laughs> on anything. And we talked about basketball, I guess, but, um, also a huge surprise, right? Like they come in first game and knock off then a top five team in Duke, um, 14 to 13, I think prematurely jumped to 13th in the country based on that one win. Personally, I think that was a little bit of a, a leap to say that they were the 13th best team in the country for beating Duke in the first game. Um, they fall to Denver 13 to seven. Um, 
but they kept it within a point going into the fourth quarter and then just kind of fell apart a little bit in the fourth quarter, but then come back and beat, you know, Utah, who's a, you know, decent Utah squad this past week. They're now two and one. They're still ranked in the top 20. They were 17 last week. They've got a top 25 win. I mean, this is a surprise, right? Awesome. No, I, I would agree. Um, but a pleasant for sure. Um, I, the, we already talked about how before we start talking about lacrosse in general is just how strong all these service academy teams are doing, um, and that Denver team is a is a it's a tough matchup for Air Force. I feel like just in general they just kind of seem to have that that game. Denver's a great program, right? Um, and I'm with you on the Duke side. Duke was probably overrated coming in, yeah, yeah. So. Or, or, I mean, they just—they always seem to have that kind of slip up in the beginning. And I guess it wasn't even, maybe they're not even overrated. It was just Air Force jumping from not ranked to 13th based off that. But still, Air Force being ranked deserve. I mean, even, you know, you mentioned against the game against Denver, like relatively close until the end. And that's awesome. I want all three to be great. That's an exciting year. Also, looking up and seeing that their goalie, so Braden Host is apparently second in the nation right now for saves per game. Obviously only week two, but that's a pretty big deal, and his save percentage is 11th best in the country. So like you said, it might be, I think, more of a thing of just Air Force performing really well and people not (laughs) maybe expecting it. So all of a sudden seeing that kind of jump um, in ranking um, may be a little bit of a precursor, but also – of kind of like now people are watching them and stuff, just assuming Duke is going to kind of be the top of the game as usual. Yeah, and they have a freshman in Brandon Dodd who started out again in his career against Duke and had eight points, four goals and four assists. Pretty good way to start out and hasn't been as as dominant in the past two games, but um, clearly they've, they've recruited you know some good guys and they're in a conference that quite frankly the Southern Conference is pretty weak overall and so it's probably between them and Richmond down the road for who wins that. So I think they have a a legitimate shot to win the Southern Conference tournament and, and make it to the NCAA tournament as well. Um, whether they're a top 25 team, we'll see down the road, but great start for them too, for sure. And speaking of that Richmond team, there you go. that's a team that that's a team that the Navy men are going to take on in their first ranked matchup um, this week. So uh, before they then go face Maryland, um, number four team in College Park. So that, you know, the next Saturday, so some tough, some tough ones coming up for Navy, but um, thoughts on Navy men's lacrosse so far, Austin? Uh, Ryan Curran's been strong in goal from what I've seen. Um, I, I'm not sure in terms of this, the statistical save percentage, but the highlights and a little bit of clips that I've been able to see, I haven't even seen a, a game live yet, uh, has looked pretty comfortable in the net. Um, and I don't remember if you saw the, I'm um, drawing a blank, who did they scrimmage? And it came down to, uh, what do they even call that? I'm totally blanking out. It's basically one-on-one or two-on-two lacrosse with goalies only. And then, do you know what I'm talking about at all? Did you see this clip? I don't know. I'm not sure who they were scrimmaging now. Did you see Was the video at all? The, like spring scrimmages? <clears throat> yeah. I missed it. No, I didn't oh, see man. it. Didn't I'm catch it. Totally drawn a blank. But he comes with a big awesome. save, and it was just uh, something that they were able to – it showed his ability to kind of, I feel like, step up when something matters. And I feel like he's got that mentality and goal where he's able to, to take care of things. Um, but now Christian Daniel has also been a, a good surprise as the year started, I think not a surprise, but, um, someone who is performing and, and doing well and going to a, with wins that were expected, like a big win over Furman, but still like, that's kind of what you would want to happen. And they fulfilled it and they did it. 
Um, and now this is a great test this week. You already mentioned Richmond and Maryland. Like that's going to be something we're really going to see where this Navy team is at kind of before Patriot League gets uh, play gets going. Yeah. No, I mean, they're going to jump right in right after those first two games, which I think their schedule probably sets them up pretty nicely for the Joe Amplo area to kick off where they get those two. But I think you're spot on, Kern. I mean, they've only given up seven goals in between the two games. Furman didn't score until like the 52nd minute. They were up 19 to nothing on them. Like, so, yes, you expected to beat them. Richie Meade, former Navy coach for a long time, first time back in Annapolis with the Paladins. Um, but 19 to three is still a huge victory. And then that first game against Manhattan, um, you know, didn't score as much, but still nine to four victory. Nothing to hang your hat on. Kern had, I think, a 14 saves in that game alone. Um, he's the MVP of the team last year. Um, and so it is evident that it's going to, when it comes these next few games, Patriot League play, defense is going to be the name of the game, I think, for Navy this year and how they play on defense. Um, how Kern performs in goal is probably going to impact some games. You know, not expecting them to perform great every week. So, um, you know, that's, that's going to be interesting to see, but they've played well. They're receiving votes now, I believe. Um, and they take on a top 20 team in Richmond um, this Tuesday a team that I believe beat Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, Richmond is is a good squad, and they're going to face Maryland in College Park. So both those are away games um, on Saturday. And so two big-time matchups for the Navy men, ranked matchups before they get a ranked Lehigh team, you know, the next week. So Patriot League is strong this year. Um, and, and, you know, Loyola, Lehigh, Army, Navy, all Bucknell. Um, so five teams right there that, can all make some noise and so it's gonna be really fun to watch but yeah i mean it's been great the women um so navy women started out they shouldn't they should have won that game against uva i watched that game they should have won that game um they kind of gave it away a little bit there at the end let uva get up finally after navy had been ahead for you know most of the game um or tie it up i'm sorry with 34 seconds to go navy almost got off the the shot to win the game i mean it was a half second maybe um, too late and was waved off to win the game at the buzzer, and then UVA wins it, you know, in, over, in overtime. But that's a top 10 UVA squad. They rebound against St. Joseph's like we expect them to, and then they come back and get a, a heart uh, a heart pounding victory, I guess, against Duke um, this past weekend, a top 25 team. So, Austin, Navy women. Kelly Larkin. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. incredible, huh? I mean, uh, 10 goals, 9 assists going into the season yeah, uh, right now. Um, rank. But the first game, that's the crazy because that's the last two games. The first game, I believe she had one assist and no goals, if I'm remembering right, which is a, probably a sign of like how teams are going to try and play, right? Navy is if you take Larkin away, other people are going to step up and beat you because that's what UVA tried to do. Um, so I I'm, 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 could be wrong there, but I believe it's something like that where it's no, you're right, 10 goals, thinking. 9 assists in the last two games or something like that, so... Or 10 goals, 8 assists in the last two games. So, no, that's fine. And I'm glad Kayla just said you were checking, and, and that's fact, factual, huh? Both statements? Yeah. Zero yeah. goals in the first Re game. And then regardless, impressive. I was just trying to say that, that it was the, you know, it's crazy, even crazier that, that that amount of points came out of the last two games and not just three. Yeah, three I games, think I guess she was just named Patriot League Player of the Week, I believe, today or earlier today. Um, and even I think the uh, Naval Academy named her as Athlete of the Week. Uh, yeah, but what the highest ranked is 13th in the polls as, as, as bad as high as 16th. So, you know, top 15 or so in the country. We've already mentioned that a couple times. Um, just an exciting group. Um, I was actually looking at the future schedule and I saw a March 10th game, just a Tuesday game at noon in Gainesville against Florida. 
which is, you know, less than yeah. two hours away for me. And I was already spotting that one, lining it up to see if I could make the trip. But that would be a, that'd be a fun one to watch. Yeah. And that's coming off, I believe a, a game against uh, Maryland, um, the week before, right? So they have Villanova this week and then they've got, um, Maryland and Florida on back to back midweek games. So they, uh, they're not playing around with their schedule, no. I guess. No. Yeah. I mean, they've already had Virginia and, and think of already having Virginia and Duke, not even what, less than a couple weeks at the beginning of the schedule. And they're already playing this well, um, with that type of competition at the top of your schedule. So it's, it's exciting to watch. Yeah. And you said Kayla that you, you know, found yourself even watching Navy. You weren't even a lacrosse fan. Now you've, you know, obviously you're following army really closely, but you found yourself watching Navy women. And I'm guessing because of Kelly Larkin and, and oh, yeah. you know, what they've been able to do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, any thoughts that you have having kind of followed them early in the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's been fascinating to see them capitalize off of last season. Like I said, watching Kelly Larkin specifically, that's kind of what drew my attention. Um, and like you had mentioned, going from um, zero goals um, in the first game, I think, to to now and kind of 10 in the past couple, I think that speaks to also how well that this team is adjusting to the competition that they've been facing because they've been such a great team. Um, and not to kind of um, single out, because they're playing in the Patriot League, that that doesn't mean they can compete uh, with these ACC-level teams as well. Like I said, competing against Virginia and double OT and then also um, beating Duke kind of early on in, in your first couple weeks. I think it's kind of an only up from here in terms of looking at how well these women are doing. Um, so I'm excited to, to watch it, specifically uh, that UF game, um, because any team playing against UF, I want them to win. So <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. If, but if they split those two games between Maryland and Florida, right, and they go two and two between UVA, Duke, Maryland, and Florida, they've got two losses that aren't going to hurt them. Right. Because especially the UVA games in overtime, I don't know how they'll play in those other two ones, but if it's close – but two signature wins, I believe that's why they're scheduling this way is, you know, if you look at the difference between Army and Navy right now, it's because Army, like we've said, is building towards just trying to compete in the Patriot League. Navy knows it's almost a toss-up between them and Loyola, right? And if they don't win the Patriot League Championship game because they lose to Loyola, they need some signature wins um, in order to get an at-large bid because they're obviously a good enough team to receive an at-large bid if they're playing a tough enough schedule. Would you agree with that, Austin? I would. I would entirely. Um, so, and it's not just Kelly Larkin. Annalise Hayward um, is playing yeah. well. I mean, there's some other Nicole players that are stepping up. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, the, and they're going to have to if other teams figure out how to kind of limit Larkin, which is tough to do, obviously. But um, that's that's going to be kind of the name of the game, I think, is who steps up in those matchups. But great start for Navy women. I mean, that 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 I guess brings us to a close. But we have three ranked out of the six teams, six service academy teams. Or five, sorry, I'm excuse, excuse me, five, five service academy lacrosse teams. We have three ranked teams and one receiving votes, and the other one is undefeated too. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take I it. I mean, that's it's insane. By the way, before on uh, the lacrosse thing, before you jump to break or whatever, uh, the scrimmage was against Georgetown on the men's side, and they called the drill a Braveheart, and it's basically two on two, where just one guy they go in a face off, winner goes all the way down to try and score. Um, save was made, and the Navy went back and scored in the other way. That was decided how they. That was how they decided the overtime for the for the scrimmage rather than actually for the scrimmage. Yeah, so it was fun. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so obviously we're excited about lacrosse. We got big matchups this weekend, um, especially for Navy and Army on the men's side, um, and then you know big ones coming up for the women on Navy side. I mean, it's just it's good. And then patiently play is here right after that. So exciting, exciting lacrosse season. 
let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish our podcast today talking about baseball, which also um, is off to a pretty good start, I would say, for for service academies. But um, Austin, I know, is near and dear to your heart, service academy baseball, and you wrote the preview. So when we come back, we'll let you kind of dissect what we can expect between the three teams and um, what we've seen so far. All right, welcome back to the Against Autonomies podcast. Great segment on lacrosse. We're super pumped about that. But we also have another spring sport that is now underway. Austin, you gave us the, the preview of the baseball teams. Um, so you give us the rundown on that. I mean, we opened up, uh, I believe, two, one and two for Army, but they're playing Duke, who's a ranked team. They won the first game, should have won the second game. So that's still impressive um, to pick up a win um, against them on the road. And then... Um, you know, Navy two and one against Georgetown, Air Force not so much. They had a rough rough outing um, in their first series, but yeah, give us the give us the baseball rundown on what we can expect this year. Is it Army and Navy again battling it out for the Patriot League title? Or? It is, but I'll, I'll touch base on the Air Force side first. Yeah, if anyone had a disappointing start or maybe an, an, a less than expected start, maybe an Air Force at one and three over the weekend. Uh, won the first game over Manhattan, lost the second, and then lost the two Stetson. Stetson not usually a a terrible program by any means, so so decent losses there. Um, Ashton Easley is batting two ninety four. He was preseason All Mountain West Conference, uh, so he's batting under three hundred through through four games. So we definitely want to see get uh, more out of him as the season progresses, and he's going to be a big part to whether offensively Air Force is able to make the Mountain West tournament. Only the top four teams, just like the Patriot League, make it. Air Force was preseason tab to finish sixth, I believe. Um, they played Boise to start the season, which Boise just brought baseball back and is expected to do very poorly. So if they can get a great season sweep uh, there and go 3-0, and they then will take on UNLV, who is kind of a middle-of-the-road team. So it's crazy because I, I think the most important games for Air Force this year are going to be their first six games in conference, which are Boise and UNLV. Um, if they can get off to a hot start there and go... It's not crazy to think they can go five and one or six and zero oh there, and if they can, then they're gonna they're gonna set themselves up to kind of make I think a uh, uh, a top four seed to make it into the tournament within the Mountain West, which would be big for Air Force baseball just because uh, just last year they're at five hundred, and that seems to be kind of what their trend is. They did, if I remember correctly, they beat Navy in the Freedom Classic last year. That's off of memory. I think it was two to one, or maybe they actually canceled a game and it was one and one. I don't remember now. But it's usually a pretty competitive series, and that's when Air Force is coming out to North Carolina, which is again this weekend, uh, which is going to be an exciting uh, series for sure. On the Patriot League side, sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no, yeah, I mean, they, I don't remember what if it was um, two and one or whatever, but I remember that they did beat them at least in a game, and I believe it was the second game. You're right, there was a postponed game. Um, so the second game was postponed. They lost to Navy two to one, but in the first game, but I mean, there's an obvious reason why they lost in that first game. And that would be that obvious reason would be Noah song. Um, and then they postpone, they come back, they win a double header um, to, to, to win the next two games in a shortened first game um, and then beat Navy seven two. But then they use that win to then go to East Carolina and, um, and get a win against the top team there um, top 15 team there and a good ECU program. So yeah, I mean that they, they use that, I guess to help them um, kind of kick off their season last year, but 
I want to make it to this Freedom Classic at some point. I, I think yeah. it'd be really fun to go to always, Kinston, North Carolina. Always seems to have good reviews too, and I, I mentioned that in the article. Like that's something people should check out if they live kind of in you know North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, or something like that. I think it's worth a little weekend trip. I think it'd be fun. Um, on that Air Force note, Nathan Price is uh, was also a preseason All Conference team, college baseball news freshman All American, six uh, one right handed right handed pitcher who finished with the fourth-best ERA in the Mountain West last year and was the fourth-best for a rookie in program history for Air Force. So a lot expected had a, out of him on the mound. So uh, easily at the plate, and Price on the, on the mound will, will, will be the, the setter for what's, what's going to happen with Air Force baseball this year. As it comes to Army and Navy, yes, they're the top two in the Patriot League um, heading into the 2020 season, which is kind of a broken record. This is probably four or five years now where they've been the top two teams. Um, Army one and two, but you, you mentioned it against a good Duke squad whenever you play an ACC team, it's solid. Got the win on Friday night, which means without going into too much yeah, number detail, one beating Dukes, yeah, yeah, you know, number one choice on the mound on the weekend. Um, at least that's what I assume who they started to start the season with. And then the second game was only a one-run game, so they were in it, I think, until the ninth inning, I believe, is when they, they gave up some runs to actually uh, finish with the loss, but... A good showing, and they're going to need that heading into this weekend because they're traveling to College Station to take on Texas A&M, which is no fun place to play. Uh, me being a fan <laughs> of SEC baseball, that's a very tough environment um, if you're if you're an opposing fan or an opposing team. Uh, it's uh, Logan Smith, though, with the win against Duke, seven-inning pitch, only gave up one hit, had 10 strikeouts. Uh, and Hurtabees is basically the one who's getting all the noise, all the preseason love, and he's only hitting 200. But again, that is against a, one of probably the two best teams he's going to face all year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does against Texas A&M uh, and the Aggies this weekend. And then last but not least, Navy baseball, 2-1 and one after playing against Georgetown. Georgetown is, <laughs> I looked back because I was going to make a comment when the last time was that Georgetown had a winning season. And I went back to like 2005 and I've never, they've never had a winning season. So um, <laughs> it was a good series win for Navy you could say but I don't think it really tells us much um two and one is you just want to win every series that's what I always say in college baseball just try to win every series like that's what you should be playing for and Navy was able to do that uh, Matt Wolf hitting 333 uh, Zach Biggers which is the name that everyone's talking about now hitting 308 um is second on the team in total bases with seven and then Jacob Williamson leading the team with four RBIs so, um, all three teams, yeah, like I said, Air Force, sure, they probably should have got one more win, probably been 500 at this point, and Army's one and two, but respectable losses against Duke, and I'm excited, baseball season's here, it's, it's one of my, it's probably my second favorite college sports season after football. Big, um, big thing to say there, yeah, I mean, that, that, um, so, I, a couple of things, I, I was just looking at the box scores, and Nathan Price actually, or that, I believe that's his name, right? Air the Force. Air Force yep. guy? Um, he got the save in the first game, so I wonder if they're even. I don't know if they're going to use him as the closer this year. I'm not sure. That's I don't think he started um, last year either. I don't think he was a starting pitcher. I think it was more relief. Okay, the, yeah, well, he got the save in the first game, but that second game um, that Army lost Duke before then getting shut out, which maybe that was because of just the way it played. I mean, Army was up seven to one after four innings, um, and then lost that game nine to eight in the ninth, right. in the bottom That's of the ninth. Yeah, in the ninth. Yeah, yeah. They were up eight to eight to seven going into the ninth, um, and gave up two runs in the bottom of the ninth to lose nine eight. So um, after starting out beating Duke 
and then who's fifteenth ranked team in the country coming into the week, um, and looking like you're going to go two and zero and win the series against the top. I mean, so that 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 is rough. Um, we'll see how they rebound, I guess, against A and M. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like you said, Air Force probably underperformed. Navy two and one. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a sweep against Georgetown, but I guess that's okay. And Army one and two, even at one and two. Hey, as as um, a baseball fan, you yeah. know it's tough to beat any team three times. Like three every, times, yeah. In every level, it's tough to do. Yeah, unless you're banging on trash cans. And, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, who won? Who won the last World Series though? Let's that's go. right. It didn't even matter, right? <laughs> didn't even matter. Didn't matter. Uh, bang on those trash cans. Yeah, what a mess. Um, man. MLB is burning down like to the ground. I like players are not. They're calling out the commissioner. Yeah, I mean it's it's insane. I'm excited for the season to start because I want to see how every team reacts to play in Houston. But that's a whole other podcast. It is, but they set an over under on how many Houston players are going to get beaned at the end of the season today. Like you, you can bet on it. I think it's like 83 and a half or something like that. Uh, intentional hit batsman. Oh man! So, anyways, yes, that's a whole other podcast. But um, excited about college baseball. I, I'm always pumped for that um, as well. I'm trying to grab a Clemson game this week. Actually, midweek, two dollar tickets, and I like when baseball gets kick gets going yeah. too, especially when um, you know Army Navy are still really good in the Patriot League, and it's just it's fun. So um, glad yeah, they got that, season that three game series at Citizen Park this year for uh, for I don't know how they that's decide right. the start. Yeah. I forget off the top of my head, but. Yeah, it might be a whole yeah, series no, at, at, at the bank. Um, it is a full series. I believe they, you got to win the series. Well, they play four games. They play one game that's different, and then they do the three game series. We'll have to look that up and let y'all know. Um. So yeah, um, that'll be fun. They've done that several times now in the past few years. Really cool to get to play in an MLB stadium, obviously. So that'll be fun. Um, another thing I'd like to check out is I don't know why I haven't been to one of those yet where they were playing. At an MLB stadium because they've done that now at Camden Yards, Fenway. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, so a lot, lot of talk about um, kind of happy basketball is winding down from a service academy perspective, mm-hmm. but um, some team, but some teams that they may make some noise in the tournament for sure. We're not counting them out by any means. Just overall, it's been rough. Lacrosse season has kind of picked that back up, and um, excited for that in baseball and and you know some of the other spring sports. So. Um, it's gonna be fun. We got three stars on the line this weekend between basketball and wrestling, and um, some good stuff happening. So, look forward to chatting with you folks again here in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll update after a couple of a uh, couple big lacrosse weeks and some big baseball as well. Big stuff though. Freedom Classic, yeah, and the Army Navy basketball game, right? That's all this weekend. Yeah. Yep. All this yeah. weekend, the, the Army Syracuse lacrosse game as well. So check that. I mean, some some good stuff going on this weekend, and then by the time we probably chat again, we'll be through um, some really big lacrosse matchups, plus heading into conference tournaments for basketball, right? We'll be talking conference tournaments and March Madness, and it's crazy to think. So. Are we, are we going to be talking about that, though? March Madness? No. <laughs> conference <Okay>. tournaments, yes. <laughs> so, all right. Well, it was good talking with you all, and we'll catch you, catch you later. All right. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Now, the Lord, the United States, we are-